Taylor Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week, we're going to be looking at the case of Hartley and King Edward VI College, and the citation for this case is 2017 UKSC 39. And in particular, we're going to be looking at an employment law dispute between a group of teachers and a sixth form college in Stourbridge in Warwickshire. Like many people, they are employed on an annual salary that is paid on a monthly basis. The terms of the contract that relate to working time are taken from a collective agreement that is known as the Red Book, and this contains a provision that requires the teachers to work 195 days of the year as directed time, which includes teaching and other activities as directed by the head of the sixth form. However, the teachers also have to work for a specified amount of undirected time so that they can complete their work effectively. This can include doing things like marking and lesson preparation, and that work is carried on outside of normal hours such as evenings, weekends and holidays etc. Back in late 2011, the teachers participated in a lawful strike that lasted for a single day. For this period, the college was allowed to deduct a proportional amount of pay, but the question at the heart of this case was exactly how much should actually be withheld. The college took one 260th of the annual pay, as there are 260 working days in a calendar year. The teachers, however, argued that the deduction should only be one 365th of annual pay, as this is how many days there are in a year total. They supported their argument by reference to Section 2 of the Apportionment Act 1870, that says that salaries should be, quote, considered as accruing from day to day, and shall be apportionable in respect of time accordingly, end quote. In other words, if you are paid an annual salary, then you are getting paid across the entire year, not just on the days that you are actually in work. The teachers lost their case in the lower courts as the judges decided that Section 2 of the Apportionment Act 1870 should be interpreted with the actual contract of employment in mind, and so the deduction should be based on the amount of directed working time. When the case got to the Supreme Court, all of the justices disagreed with the lower courts and therefore found in favour of the teachers. They began by noting that even though the Apportionment Act is from 1870, it still applies to periodic, indivisible payments. As the teachers' contracts make no reference to pro rata payments or anything similar, then their salaries fall within this definition and the Act applies. This ultimately means that an annual contract should be split over the total number of days in a year, i.e. 365. The problem with the Court of Appeals decision was that they assumed working days was only a reference to those days on which they carried out directed work. However, as mentioned earlier, there is also a lot of undirected work that is carried out by teachers during evenings and weekends, so it's unfair to assume that the total sum of work takes place during directed time. Without any express evidence to the contrary, the deduction has to be 1 365th of annual salary. Overall, the decision of the Supreme Court makes a lot of sense given the nature of the work undertaken by the teachers. Although the Court of Appeal and other lower courts were right to make reference to the contract, this made them ignorant of the practical realities of the way that the teachers worked on a day-to-day basis. 
I think, however, it would be premature to chalk this up as a great victory for either teachers or workers in general. As was mentioned in the case itself, the Act only applies in this situation because the contracts of the teachers do not explicitly state the way in which apportionment should occur. In response to the judgment, Graham Baird from the Sixth Form Colleges Association stated, quote, After several years of uncertainty, we welcome the clarity provided by the Supreme Court's ruling and fully accept the decision. We will consider the implications of this judgment in more detail, and we will consult with all the parties involved before issuing guidance to our members, end quote. So the deduction for current teachers might now be fair, but that does not tell us much for what the situation will be like for others who join the profession moving forward. If the contract is changed so that only directed working time will count towards apportionment, then any gains from this case will be lost. The key to longer-term solutions does not lie in reliance on legislation from 1870 to win a court case, but rather in actual changes to the law itself. This is becoming increasingly relevant in the light of a more high-profile industrial dispute in Birmingham between the council and bin workers. As waste piled up on the street, an agreement was reached in mid-August to suspend the strike so that talks could progress between the two sides. Now the council has not only reneged on this agreement, but has actually issued redundancy notices to some of the workers. The strike now continues and will no doubt do so for some time, but the question is what can actually be done about it. The redundancies and the actions of the council are regulated by the courts and labour law in general, but in the end the underlying source of the dispute cannot be sorted out with lawyers. Both sides have to act in a reasonable and sensible manner to improve relations and find a workable solution. The courtroom, in other words, should always be a last resort. Well, thank you very much for listening to this podcast episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. If you do get a chance, make sure to check out the website at uklawweekly.com, and also make sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes, as that's very helpful indeed. I look forward to bringing another case to you next week. In the meantime, bye!